pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, as we finish up this introductory content to the New Testament, we ask that you would be with us. Open our minds to understand these things so that whenever we uh, really begin the Gospel of Matthew uh, on Friday and, and next week, uh, that we'll have information that gives us a good context for understanding uh, this book that, that you have written for us. Uh, as we go over some basics about the life of Jesus and the storyline of the gospel, I pray that this is information these students would be able to keep in their minds and retain. Um, and I, I pray again that it would help us as we actually begin to unpack the gospel to, to give us a, some guidance and a big picture overview. And I also pray for them as they prepare to have their test tomorrow that you would bring back to mind the things that they've studied uh, and that in it you uh, would, would, would comfort them if they have nerves and that they would be able to perform to the best of their abilities. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll remind you as well, really quickly, while I'm thinking about it, Friday, beginning of class, you will have a memory verse due as well, uh, Matthew 6.33. So um, test tomorrow, that memory verse will not be on the test, but then on Friday, you need to know that for the test. All right. So we have been over what the synoptic gospels are. We've been over the so-called synoptic problem. Uh, we've talked about some pros and cons to harmonization. Uh, and the last thing for us to cover is something called the synoptic storyline. All right, the synoptic storyline. There are four parts to it, but they're pretty simple. Uh, you just have to be able to like list them on, on, on the test, okay? Uh, before we jump straight into that, uh, I'm going to draw a very bad map of Israel, all right? So you're allowed to laugh quietly to yourself, but not like boisterously out loud, okay? So, no. Okay, so... Um, on this side, you have the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, you have the Jordan River, Sea of Galilee. Keeps, Jordan keeps flowing down and empties into the very nasty Dead Sea. All right. Uh, in the north, uh, I said this is the Sea of what? Galilee. Galilee. So I can label these. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, this is the Sea of Galilee. This is the Dead Sea. This region up here, guess what it's called? Israel. Galilee. 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 All of this is Israel. Uh, we have the region of Galilee up here. Uh, the region down here is properly uh, what, what belonged to the tribe of Judah. So this is, uh, you know, the, the land of Judah. Uh, up here, Galilee, um, in the scriptures, you might remember, is called Galilee of the Nations or Galilee of the Gentiles. Uh, there are still Jewish communities up in Galilee. Um, there are synagogues up in Galilee, but there's also uh, some non-Jewish people living up here. Um, where would Jerusalem be on this? Anybody know? 
Jerusalem, you take the top of the Dead Sea and you go about halfway over. Somewhere about right here is Jerusalem. Bethlehem is very close to Jerusalem, all right, just a few miles away. Um, Nazareth is in the region of Galilee, so Jesus grows up uh, primarily up here. Uh, the other really important place that we're going to label is if you go way up here north, there's an important city called Caesarea, uh, how do you spell this? Caesarea Philippi. Um, what does Caesarea kind of look like? Caesar. Caesar. And Philippi kind of looks like the name Philip. So Caesarea Philippi, that city is literally named King Philip City or something like that, right? Uh, so Caesarea Philippi, you would really associate it with, would you really associate it with Jewish stuff? Yeah, you would really associate it with what type of stuff? Roman. Very heavily Roman stuff. All right. Uh, we're going to use this to talk through our synoptic storyline. Like I said, um, whenever we're talking about the synoptic storyline, this is a basic pattern. Uh, this is really bare bones. Like I said, I'm just giving you four things. But it's a basic pattern that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all follow. And as we go, I'm going to talk a little bit about how John fills in certain gaps as well. Um, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the beginning of the gospel, um, obviously Matthew and Luke have like the birth accounts of Jesus, but the beginning of the gospel focuses on Jesus's ministry in Galilee. All right, several times Jesus is actually on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. Uh, you know, he's going to Nazareth, he's going to Capernaum, he's going to all of these other cities, and he's doing miracles and healing. All right, the beginning of the gospel deals with his ministry in Galilee. So, um, this is your, your first point on the synoptic uh, storyline. Uh, Jesus is up in this area through most of the early parts of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The middle part, the exact middle, by the way, of um, the Gospel of Mark, the, the very exact middle of the Gospel of Mark, but, but the middle-ish part of Matthew and Luke as well, shows Jesus in a city, Caesarea Philippi. So, towards the middle of the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus travels from the region of Galilee up very far north to the point where you're like, it's kind of debatable whether you're even in Israel anymore to this very heavily Roman city called Caesarea Philippi and this is kind of the halfway point of the Synoptic Gospels, particularly of Mark. What really important thing happens in Caesarea Philippi? Does anyone remember? He only takes his disciples and he has this really short scene uh, where he asks them a question. He says, who do people say that I am? And they respond, well, some people think that you're like John the Baptist come back from the dead. Some people think you're Elijah. For some reason, there's a group that thinks you're Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. And then Jesus looks at them and he asks them another question. Who do you say that I am? And who answers? Peter. 
Peter. And does Peter give a good answer? Yes. He does. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is the first time explicitly that someone makes a claim like that. And Jesus responds and says, um, heaven is, or, uh, uh, you know, man has not revealed this to you, but, but heaven has. Right. He, he commends Peter for that answer. And so Caesarea Philippi, Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the king, that he is the Messiah, very interestingly happens in a very Roman-heavy city called King Philip's city. Right? Uh, Jesus is confessed as the Christ and Son of God in that city about halfway through the Gospels. The third part of the Gospels, uh, of the Synoptic Gospels, takes place uh, kind of right here, all right? Uh, and we are going to call it Jesus's to Jerusalem ministry. So part three of the Gospels, he's going to leave Caesarea Philippi, and he's going to start heading towards Jerusalem, and we get this to Jerusalem ministry. Now, Matthew and Mark tell you some of the events that happen in this stage. Most of the information that we have about Jesus's to Jerusalem ministry is found exclusively in Luke. All right. Luke gives you way more information about what happens here than Matthew and Mark do. Some really notable things happen, by the way. Jesus' parable of the prodigal sons to Jerusalem ministry, only found in the Gospel of Luke. His parable about the woman who lost a coin and tore her house up looking for it, only in Luke, to Jerusalem ministry. Um, the parable of the shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep to find the one is given in Matthew, but it's in connection to the Caesarea Philippi event, and it has a very different meaning in Matthew than it does in Luke. It seems like that's a story Jesus told multiple times. He maybe told it initially to his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, but Luke says that he preached it on the way to Jerusalem as well. So there's a lot of miracles that happen. Oh, um, you guys know the story about the 10 lepers that come to Jesus and he heals them and nine of them go away and, and, and the 10th one comes back. You guys know that story? That 10th one wasn't a Jew. Do you remember what he was? He's a Samaritan. The nine Jewish ones go away, but the Samaritan comes back. Uh, that is part of the two Jerusalem ministry. Only Luke gives it. Now, based on our conversation about the synoptic problem, um, if you want to know what Luke's gospel is all about, where would be a really good place to look? What part of Luke? All right. We talked about how the different Gospels will include or exclude certain pieces of information that help them make their specific point. All of this material, for the most part, is exclusively found only in Luke. So if you want to know the things that are super important to Luke, all right, 
Does Luke have some awareness of Matthew and Mark? He does. He copies them word for word at time. But here he adds a whole bunch of new information that he thinks is really important for Theophilus to know. If you want to know what Luke is all about, one of the first places you should look is at this portion of Luke's gospel. What are the things that happened there that are unique? What are the things that he adds that Matthew and Mark don't add? They're they're things that he thinks are are very, very important. Uh, And so... Uh, if you want to know what Luke is about, this is one of the best places to look. And then the fourth um, part of the synoptic storyline is Jesus finally gets to Jerusalem. How long is he in Jerusalem, roughly? About a week. And then what happens? He's crucified. And then what happens three days later? Resurrects. And then what happens 40 days later? Ascends into heaven. All right, so the fourth part of the synoptic storyline is what we call Jesus' passion, his uh, death, and then his resurrection, the, the, the last week of his life, Holy Week. Okay, this is roughly the storyline of the synoptic gospels. On your test, I will say, list the synoptic storyline. And you'll have a one, two, three, four. Should be in this order as well. Uh, but all you have to put is Galilee ministry. Spell Caesarea Philippi as best as you can. To Jerusalem ministry and passion. Okay. Should be pretty easy to remember that passion comes last. Um, you guys have heard uh, that week referred to as passion week, right? So it should be easy to remember that that comes last. Because, you know, all this stuff obviously happens before he dies. So, uh, biggest thing probably to keep in mind, you can probably remember that this is the center point pretty well. Just not confusing these two is, is, is the biggest thing. All right, any questions on that? Let's talk about John. Because John doesn't follow this. John is not a synoptic gospel. What analogy did I kind of use for what John does? I used my hands. Yeah, yeah, Izzy and, and Bella both got that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of like this, and then John comes behind and kind of fills in these gaps. John is written a good deal later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, more than likely, and so he kind of fills in those gaps. So what does that mean? What gaps um, is John interested in filling in? Well... Uh, you guys who had me for Old Testament last year, uh, I was cruel and unusual and, and mean to you, and you actually had to read portions of Leviticus and all of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Okay. Um, anybody remember, according to the law of Moses, how often every Israelite man had to go to Jerusalem? Once a year. Once a year. For what? It's for one of the festivals. Ideally, you go more than once a year for all the festivals, but you have to go once a year for one of the festivals. Passover. Once a year, you have to go for the Passover. Um, Does Jesus seem concerned with keeping God's law? Yeah. According to the New Testament, how well does Jesus keep God's law? Perfectly. So, did Jesus 
you think, go to Jerusalem once a year for the Passover? He probably went more than that. In fact, the Gospel of John is going to say that he goes during the Feast of Tabernacles. And I, I think that there's a point in the Gospel of John where it talks about him going during first fruits. But I, I know that there's one very significant part where he goes during Tabernacles. But he definitely would have gone during what? During the Passover. So the Gospel of John acknowledges that Jesus lives in Galilee. But the Gospel of John, all, almost every story in the Gospel of John takes place during the Passover in the temple, meaning Jesus is in what city? Jerusalem. So um, my understanding of John, there's a little bit of debate about this. My understanding of John, though, is that it shows three distinct Passovers where Jesus is in Jerusalem. And then I think it also includes one time when he's in Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles and maybe one time during the Feast of Firstfruits. But the book of John, the Gospel of John, records the things that Jesus does while he is in Jerusalem during these three Passover festivals. The other three Gospels don't include those stories. They're more focused on Jesus' ministry in Galilee but John is more focused in his ministry, teaching and doing miracles during the Passover in Jerusalem. In fact, um, we'll see this later this semester, but from the very get-go, the Gospel of John presents Jesus as the true Passover lamb and as the true temple. So it constantly wants to show you Jesus in the temple during Passover to help you build up an understanding about that. Okay? So this is how the Gospel of John fills in those gaps. Any questions? Okay. What reading did you guys do yesterday? Was it 23 through 25? Yeah. Okay. Uh, get your Bibles out. And I think today, uh, in the rest of class, we're going to try to finish up the rest of Matthew. So we'll read it together. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to read it together, but open to Matthew 26.